It is the Saturday edition of Free Talk Live, the Nor'easter edition, or so it appears. We are a live call-in radio talk program where you can take control of the airwaves, talk about anything that's on your mind. The telephone number, if you want to join the conversation, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. You can talk about anything you want. We're going to talk about some stuff that is on my mind. Uh, I brought in some prep for the show. Usually we come at you with the perspective of freedom, of liberty, of peace, voluntary interactions, financial independence, independence of, well, just about everything, really, taking control of your own life and things of that nature. But it is often talked about here on Free Talk Live about the system. And I bring up frequently how there's a difference between government and society. That is to say that government is one entity and it has uh, one way of doing things and that's by use of force or threats of violence. And then there's society, which is uh, a lot of folks think is government. Government is not society. Government is a separate thing. Society exists independently of government. And to illustrate this, Every now and again, there's something in the news that really just sort of brings it home. And so I wanted to tell you about this article from Texas. It's from KSAT.com. The headline reads, Texas brothers beat stepfather to death for sexually abusing their sister, reports say. The brother's friend is also charged in Hidalgo County. The two brothers are in jail in Hidalgo County accused of beating their stepfather to death for sexually abusing their nine-year-old sister. Alejandro Trevino, 18, Christian Trevino, 17, along with family friend Juan Eduardo Melendez, 18, are accused of beating 42-year-old Gabriel Quintanilla and leaving him to die in a field in McAllen, where his body was discovered by a farmer. A report from Valley Central states that Quintanilla was found Thursday with apparent severe blunt force trauma to his head. According to KRGV, police reported that a minor later identified as Quintanilla's daughter made an outcry about being inappropriately touched by Quintanilla at an RV park. When brothers Alejandro and Christian Trevino found out, they became enraged and confronted Gabriel Quintanilla at the residence. A physical fight ensued between the three, and the victim Quintanilla left the location on foot, a news release from FAR Police Department states. KRGV reported that Christian Trevino chased Quintanilla to a nearby apartment complex, and Melendez drove Alejandro Trevino to the complex where they assaulted Quintanilla again. The trio left the area and changed vehicles from a red Dodge Charger to a truck before heading back to the complex where they discovered Quintanilla walking alone 
Fire police said in the release, he was allegedly assaulted a third time, police said, before being placed in the bed of the truck and dumped in a field. Police believe Quintanilla might have still been alive when the teens allegedly dumped his body. Hidalgo County records show Menendez is charged with engaging in organized criminal activity, murder, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, and possession of marijuana. Christian Trevino is charged with aggravated assault, murder, and engaging in organized criminal activity. And Alejandro Trevino is charged with engaging in organized criminal activity and aggravated assault. My RGV reported that Alejandro is not charged with murder because Christian and Melendez are thought to have dealt the fatal blow. Police believe brass knuckles were used during at least one of the assaults on Quintanilla. Quintanilla is Alejandro and Christian's stepfather, and the two brothers have different fathers. They are both half-siblings of the nine-year-old girl who was allegedly assaulted, according to my RGV. Quintanilla had a warrant. This is the stepfather, Quintanilla. He had a warrant for continuous sexual abuse of a child and assault family violence at the time of his death, according to police. That's about the extent of the article. So in this instance, is this society acting independently of government? You know, some people will say immediately, you know, knee-jerk reaction, well, this is what they call street justice. Anybody who's probably, uh, you know, been in jail for any extent of time uh, would recognize that even in jail, uh, child molesters, child abusers uh, are considered uh, the lowest class of inmates and are often targeted by those in jail for being a child molester. So what separates this type of action some would say in defense of the nine-year-old sister who is unable to defend herself from the stepfather. What separates this type of action from, say, going through the courts and prosecuting? Because it seems to me that this is an action that the world over and almost every culture would probably just be accepted Now, I'm speaking without any facts to back this up, but I'm just guessing that most societies, most cultures, when if if this all turns out to be true, again, this is all alleged stuff. So if it turns out to be true that the stepfather was indeed sexually abusing this nine year old girl repeatedly, did these brothers find justice? Are you okay with what these brothers did? To this stepfather. 603-283-6160 is the telephone number. I'd like to hear your opinions on this particular case because I don't have children, but I certainly do have family. And I have enough history of child abuse. That is to say, as a child, I was abused in many different ways by uh, a stepmother Uh, and some other family members. And so I have a particular take on this. I personally feel like 
if I had a nine-year-old sister and I was 18 and I found out that my stepfather was sexually abusing her, I can't say that I wouldn't uh, do what these guys did. I can't say that. It would certainly cross my mind. 603-283-6160. Do you think that this is justice? And if so, why isn't justice dispensed as readily and efficiently and quickly by the state, by this organization of violence that we call government? Because, I mean, let's just play it out in our head. If government sort of took the reins here, this guy would have been arrested. Uh, There would be some evidence that would have to be collected by the prosecution Uh, All sorts of things would happen with lawyers. Things would be inevitably delayed for possibly years as these cases go. I would assume that this case would get all sorts of press, all sorts of radio time, all sorts of social media reports. I would guess just by the nature of what it is. Is this street justice? Is this justice in the eyes of society? 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Yes, welcome back to Free Talk Live. It is the Nor'easter Winter Blizzard Edition. That is to say, uh, we are located in Keene, New Hampshire, which really didn't get that much of the blizzard, but there is a blizzard going on not far away from where this studio is. And so I appear to be Captain Solo. Not to be confused with Captain Solo of Star Trek fame, but uh, Captain Kickass rolling solo here, which is fine. I don't mind. 603-283-6160. I have to apologize to anybody who was on hold. Uh, we had a, a disastrophe. That's a disaster and a catastrophe with the phone system, and I needed to reboot some things. So that has been done. So if you want to give us a call... 603-283-6160. I opened tonight's show with this article from KSAT talking about Texas brothers who beat their stepfather to death for sexually abusing their nine-year-old sister. And I'd love to hear your opinions on that because There is a huge difference between governance or governments, if you will, the organization of people who claim a monopoly on violence and society. And people don't seem to grasp that very readily. That is to say that uh, if somebody could wave the magic wand 
and make government disappear, the organization, that society would still have rules, right? They just wouldn't have some guy in a chair telling everybody his opinion of how you should live your life. Instead, it would be up to society to figure these things out on its own, whether that's by people providing goods and services uh, and selling them for you know a fee, whether that's uh, you know unique situations, charitable situations where people contribute a certain amount of money uh, and then services are provided in a charitable fashion. There's all sorts of methods for doing this, so uh, I would like your opinions. But I also, I do want to talk about, you know, Breaker 1-9 for the rubber duck for just a minute. Anybody who's old enough to have watched a movie in 1978, or even later, I guess, the movie came out in 78. It's the famous line from the song, the theme song, and also from the movie itself, Convoy. And if you're paying attention to your social medias at all, uh, Convoy is going on in Ontario, Canada. What is this convoy about, you may ask, and ask you might? Well, the impression that I got was that it was a convoy uh, for the sake of ending the vaccine mandates. That is to say, an anti-mandate freedom convoy. And this is from Local12.com. Anti-mandate freedom convoy said to be the largest truck convoy ever. A convoy of trucks crossing... Canada protesting vaccine mandates for truckers could be a world record setter, but there are doubts about the actual size of the convoy. This freedom convoy was reportedly organized to protest against the vaccine mandates put in place at the U.S.-Canada border, as well as mask mandates for truckers, which orders the drivers to wear masks in trucks. Uh, welcome, peakless mountaineer. How art thou? Uh, it is terrible out there. <laughs> you motored through the blizzard? I, I did. I Neither mean... snow nor rain nor dark of night shall keep me from the radio, but boy, is it trying. <laughs> yeah, I left spectacularly early. I have been driving for hours. Yeah, I bet you have. Very carefully. Uh, welcome. So we're currently talking a little bit about this freedom convoy, these truckers in Canada. Oh, those few fringe people that are making the largest convoy in human history. I So I don't have any official numbers as far as how many trucks and how many people. I've heard as many as 50,000 trucks. Now, that could be just, you know, that could be fluff. You know, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I know that there was a Facebook page put up for these guys and Facebook took it down. So I had to start another one. That apparently still exists. I know they started a GoFundMe, and in fact, this article talks about it a little bit. It says, a GoFundMe organized for the event has already passed $7 million in donations. Organizers explained the event's purpose on the GoFundMe page. To our fellow Canadians, the time for political overreach is over. Our current government is implementing rules and mandates 
that are destroying the foundation of our businesses, industries, and livelihoods. Canadians have been integral to the fabric of humanity in many ways that have shaped the planet. We're taking our fight to the doorsteps of our federal government and demanding that they seize all mandates against its people. Small businesses are being destroyed, homes are being destroyed, and people are being mistreated and denied fundamental necessities to survive. It's our duty as Canadians to put an end to these mandates. We are asking for donations to help with the cost, yada, yada, yada. So this goes so, to pay fuel and lodging and all that stuff for these truckers. Here's what I think is really brilliant about this. So I figure that somewhere there are people making very specific calculations about people will put up with X amount of authoritarianism as long as they're getting Y. You know, whether, whether that's, uh, you know, bread, circuses, you know, bare essentials to live, things like that. Yeah. And these people are coming along and saying, no. No, you do not get to provide Y until you reduce X. And I think that is just absolutely brilliant. So uh, I've seen the movie Convoy when I was, it came out in 78, so I probably didn't see it until 79, 80, right? So I must have been six years old, seven years old, somewhere in that park. So I didn't really get it. I just thought that it was cool to like, hold my arm up and, you know, make the, the magic maneuver that signals the trucker to honk their horn, you know, <laughs> as you're driving by in your in your automobile, and they would do so. And then the song, for some reason, was a hit song. Uh, it, it is a catchy tune. It's like the guy, it's the artist, uh, C.W., I can't remember who did it. Hang on, I'll tell you. It's a C.W. McCall. Everybody thinks it was a Chris Christopherson song because Chris Christopherson was in the movie, mm. but it's not. C.W. McCall is his only hit, but it, like... Topped the charts and then it went away and it topped the charts again. So it was like this song that like went away and came back somehow, <laughs> had like a resurgence. So it's a catchy tune. But the movie, of course, has a distinct ending as to what did these guys accomplish with the convoy. My question is not just for you, Peakless, but for our listeners as well what is the outcome? What is the goal of this convoy? And how do you know when they've achieved it? Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. If you want to let us know how we'll know that these truckers have achieved their goal, this is Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Yes, come on and listen to Free Talk Live, a live radio call-in program where you can talk about whatever's on your mind, give your opinion. We're a nationally syndicated radio show. We're also broadcast online, live, over at freetalklive.com. There's also, I don't know why you'd want to watch, we have faces for radio, but uh, video.freetalklive.com. If you, We have some streaming cameras going on. And if you do watch, I suggest you do it while we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, real quick, somebody in one of the chat rooms says, 
Over 500,000 people are supporting the truckers in Canada. I don't know what that means, but... Well, there are a lot of people that uh, that showed up just to, you know, help them protest, basically. Yeah. Uh, so I filled you in on the opening story about the kids in Texas who uh, beat to death their stepfather for abusing their nine-year-old sister, allegedly. I, I, courts haven't, you know, gone through and done this. And so my question was to the listeners, you know, is this an example of society and justice independent of government? Because I think it is. I, I tell people all the time that there's a difference between society and government, and they go, oh, no, it's the same thing. I was like, mm-hmm. That is the myth that government propagates. Yeah. They like to pretend that they are society, that they accomplish everything good in society, that society could not happen without them. You know, they they have a profound mythology on all of this. And wouldn't you know it, they have over a decade to drum these ideas into our heads. Yeah, they certainly do. Uh, we'll get to your calls and thoughts in a minute. Before we do that, I wanted to make sure that you know that Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency, you can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer any excuse for you to ignore this important and world-changing information. If you're already knowledgeable about cryptocurrency, you can check out news.bitcoin.com to get the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a very slick and easy-to-use website. Please visit Bitcoin.com. And just a, a quick thought on that one. Sure. This is what happens when we can't, when there's no competition in court systems. Like, we know we don't get justice out of the courts that we have. Mm-hmm. There's no competition, so we can't fire this court and get another one that actually works. Right. So people take the law into their own hands, and we don't get the opportunity to say, okay, we're going to sit down in front of everyone, prove that this actually happened, that this is the required response for this. Yeah, I, I you and I see eye to eye. But let's go to Steve in South Carolina. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Good. Good. Um, with regards to these two, you know, court of court of public opinion is an ugly thing. Um, I, without I you know, yeah, they and these two have intimate knowledge that none of us out here does have. All we have is the story that we've gotten in the press. But that being said, if their nine year old stepsister was being abused by their by her father. That's the kind of thing, sexual abuse of a child is just, I'm sorry, but that's exceptionally heinous, in my opinion. That's the kind of thing that destroys a soul. And I've got, I have people extremely close to me who have suffered from that, and thank God they've survived and come out as rational human beings. But, I mean, it's there is a certain amount of frontier justice with this that, you know, I'm sorry, but our court systems fail to address and fail to deal with you know the law says we everybody's entitled to a timely trial i think the victims are just as entitled to a trial to that trial of the accused as the accused is of being tried yeah and this stuff for these things to get dragged out for years because of the backlog i think is just I don't know what the solution is. I can't. Well, and and the thing about that backlog is it's the lawyers that get paid to do the trials that are deciding what gets to be tried. 
So, of course, they're going to go, yeah, give me more business. So right. everything gets to be tried, whether it's a good idea or not, to bring it to trial. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. We see things like on the liberal side in California where there's a lot of stuff where these guys, you know, there's a lot of people committing a lot of crimes, and DAs are saying, well, if it's less than this amount of money, let them go. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you'll never see these pricks again. And, you know, people who work their asses off to get what they have and where they are get no recompense whatsoever. Hey, Steve, I have a question for you specifically. It's a hypothetical question, but if you were 18 years old and you had a nine-year-old sister and you found out that your stepfather was sexually abusing her, Mm -hmm. would you contemplate going to this extreme? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I can't argue with it because it's just, it's, like I said, that's exceptionally heinous. There's uh, there's a level of depravity there that I think just is it signifies the absence of something in the stepfather. If that's if that's exactly true, and someone needs to give credit to the 18 year olds if you know for who they are, if they know something's going on, or if they know there's something really ugly about this guy. There are some people. I'm sorry, but you just know there's something wrong. There's something twisted. Hey, thanks hey. for the call tonight, Steve. Appreciate it. Um, it, in my eyes, you know, people call it the justice system. I call it the just us system. You know, the uh, everything you're taught in school says liberty and justice for all. When the reality of it is, if you examine the facts, if you examine the outcome of court cases in the United States of America, if you examine the outcome, it is not. In fact, it's rarely justice for anyone, but it's justice for some people if they can afford it that's to say the poor get railroaded frequently i don't know what what financial situation this particular family finds themselves in you get the treatment you can afford you don't really get the justice that you can afford yeah you can get justice if you can afford it it's possible if you can afford it and you want it right i mean the fact is that the people that can afford it tend not to want it when it comes to them well, and I have two big problems with this situation. Number one, we didn't get to have a trial where we get to say, okay, for sure, this is what happened. Yeah. And number two, uh, what's with the breaks between these beatings? Yeah, I, I sort of get the first one, right, where they talk about how it was brother one and his friend, the, the, other, the third person involved in this thing, the, the driver apparently or something along those lines. He's not being accused of murder for whatever reason. So it's brother number one and this kid. So maybe they found out. They're like, oh, stepfather's abusing, you know, whatever the, the girls. They haven't released her name, obviously, in this article. Uh, stepfather's abusing our nine-year-old sister. Let's go kick some ass, right? And so they get together, and they go, and they find the guy, and they beat him. And so now they're 18, right? So they're young. They're like, oh, they're filled with adrenaline now. And like, they're having all these emotions that, you know, when, when you beat somebody, you, you know, you've got adrenaline, you know, and all sorts of emotions. And so you go and you find brother number two and you're like, dude, we just found out that, you know, stepdad was, you know, doing things to our nine year old sister. And we went and, and we beat him up. And brother number two goes, where is he? Let's go find him, right? And so they all jump in the car. They go find him a second time and issue beating number two. I almost get that. I don't understand the third one, though. Yeah, yeah. Unless they were, like, literally, like, afraid that 
well, we left him alive. Now we're going to jail. Let's see if we can kill him all the way and then dump him in a field, right, which is what they did, and, you know, maybe kind of get away with it. I don't know. That's my speculation. That's the only thing I could think of that I, what would be going through your mind at this point. Uh, if it was me, I wouldn't have stopped the first time. Uh, if I found out for sure that, you know, someone who they probably see as their own little sister yeah. is getting sexually abused, I, I, I wouldn't stop until he quit twitching, honestly. And where does the non-aggression principle fall within this? Oh, this is uh, third-party self-defense. Right. We could talk a little bit more about that. And again, it, it, one of the things that bothers me is that we don't get a nice public forum where we get to say, okay, here's the evidence. Now we know for sure what happened. Yeah. 603-283-6160. Would you prefer street justice over systemic justice? This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Welcome back, everybody. It is Free Talk Live. We're here on the Nor'easter edition, Saturday nights, live from Keene, New Hampshire. We've been talking about this article from KSAT. A couple of 18-year-olds and a 17-year-old. Two of them are brothers. One is uh, an accomplice, apparently, to some actions. These Texas brothers beat stepfather to death for sexually abusing their nine-year-old sister, reports say. Uh, Both the brothers are in custody as well as the third party. And we've just been talking about how this relates to the system. That is to say, the court system, the government, if you will. And in the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me. Beagless Mountaineer. So we were talking last segment before we had to go to break. Where does this type of action, assuming that everything here in this article is true, assuming that this stepfather did abuse, sexually abuse this nine-year-old girl, assuming that these two brothers and their friend beat this guy to death for that reason, where does this fall under the non-aggression principle? So, remember, it's the non-aggression, not uh, non-violence principle. So, self-defense is not only uh, is not only allowed, but pretty much required at some point. Uh, and in this case, since the nine-year-old is obviously not able to defend herself, uh, a third party can step in and defend her, or. Uh, do whatever is necessary to avoid any further aggression on this nine-year-old girl. Right. It would be like, uh, for our listeners who might not be familiar, it would be like you protecting your family on the old homestead. mm -hmm. You know, uh, know, you've got the gun and your family's behind you and, you know, the the terrible bad man is coming to your property and you're defending them, right? Mm -hmm. Third party. Uh, There there are a couple of uh, twists in this one. Um, The first one being like, there are circumstances where someone can refuse a third-party self-defense. Mm-hmm. Um, her being nine, not really an option. Yeah, I mean, basically, the, the the way this works is that she functions as being in trust of the uh, the father, and since he's violated that trust, uh, that has to go to someone else, right. uh, and they're the ones there picking it up. So, 
Um, now going back to beat him again, that's kind of questionable. Okay. I mean, if you're, if you're still concerned that he's going to continue to be able to do this, then it might be called for, but it's, uh, it's gray area at that point. Let's go to Tyler calling from Washington state. Tyler, you're on free talk live. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I was listening to radio station and this story just made me sick to my stomach. So I felt like I needed to call and put my two cents into it. Go ahead. Um, I feel like this is just a failure of, of our system. These people protecting their sister probably felt like there was no justice for her. What are they going to do? I mean, yeah, it goes from all the way, you know, uh, we're failing our children as a nation. We're not protecting them. And pedophilia is on the rise. And these uh, pedophiles just don't get the justice they deserve. And according to this article, the stepfather, Quintanilla, Quintanilla, had a warrant for continuous sexual abuse of a child and assault family violence at the time of his death. So there were warrants out. I don't know for how long. I don't know if the kids, the stepsons of this man, knew that there were warrants out. I don't, you know, there's a lot that I don't know about this. But if that scenario is, say, normal, perhaps they did feel that there was no justice to be had within the system. I don't know. That brings up an interesting point because the average pedophile has 150 victims. Wow. A hundred and fifty. And that's just the average. So you can't assume that this was a one nine thing, you know? I was not aware of that statistic. That is mind blowing. It's the first I've heard of that. It's it's fact. Well, as far as facts are, you know, told to us. Yeah. If you but, were these eighteen year old kids, Tyler, what would you do in this situation? Well, you know, I had a stepfather and I wasn't sexually abused. I was abused in other ways and it crossed my mind in that scenario. So something like this, absolutely. Hey, thanks for the call, Tyler. We appreciate it. 603-283-6160. And I agree with him completely. This is a failure of the system. If we had a functional justice system, then none of this would be necessary. Well, and let's even go so far as to talk about the education system. Oh, yeah. Because, well, and, and, you know, he mentions how we're not protecting our children. My God, the worst job that we are doing in child protection is by handing them over to these unaccountable government bureaucrats yeah. with m- minuscule ed- functional education and almost no accountability whatsoever. And, I mean, it, it's a well-known trope that, oh, the Catholic Church will protect uh, they're pedophiles, but what people don't realize is that the Catholic Church has nothing on public education. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, when I encounter, uh, I have some friends that have young children. Uh, occasionally, like, yeah, we're sending them to their first day of school. That you know, I'll come upon some. Oh, in school today, little Jimmy, you know, and <laughs> because I'm me, I will interject with something like, "Hey, uh, if you were in Nazi Germany." Would you hand your kid over 
to the Nazis for you know roughly eight hours a day uh, and allow them to feed your child as well? Their, their reaction all the time, every time, 100% without fails. No way. I would never do such a thing. And I'm like, well, why do you do it now? And they're like, well, because we're not Nazis. It's like, well, what's the difference? <laughs> and then we start going down a, a philosophical road the about the di- of about about the difference between what the Nazi we regime was doing. We have a very different flavor of racism in our particular fascist empire. Yeah, our fascist empire is much larger than the Nazi empire ever thought about being. Uh, it has uh, killed more. It has more prisoners. That's for sure. It has more prisoners than even the gulags had. You know. So, and that's current, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, just historical. Currently. The United States has more prisoners than any other empire in all of history. Yeah, last I checked, we have more prisoners than the next few combined. Yeah. So not even a question. Yeah, I mean, but if if there is such a thing as public education, right? If society decides, independent of government, that society is sort of responsible for educating people. Well, then they're failing because, at least for this particular guy, because we know that pedophilia is wrong. Uh, Examine cultures around the globe. Uh, I don't think you can find one where they're like, no, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that doesn't exist. Uh, If you know of one, you can call 603-283-6160 because I'd like to berate it on the air if it does exist. But... uh, even within you know these kids right where did they get the idea that this is what they should do well i mean revenge right you know here is their loved one their 9 year old sister you know what else is going to go through your mind i i could describe a range from strictly protective on that side being the okay we have to make absolutely certain that this never ever happens again all the way to sadism because i mean remember there's these three separate occurrences of this thing so that maybe the maybe the first one was was well motivated and and the second one was kind of borderline and then by the third time you were just completely in it for the thrill of it i don't know And, and this is this is exactly the problem when we don't have a justice system that works for us yeah is that we can't we can't make a nice big show of this is what happened reasonable people have come to this conclusion and this is what happens as a result of these actions reasonable and trusted people Mm -hmm. in in pre-government societies they would do things like find you know the wise elder of the village or the town Mm -hmm. and they would go to him and be like hey you know what we all know you we all trust your decision making you know, maybe you've done this for us before you know can you settle that there's voluntary dispute resolution well, and that was where the origin of judges came from right so instead of having a trusted wise person uh, we now have elected officials which i don't know about you but i don't trust one of them Mm-mm. and very frequently they will keep people away from jury decisions 603-283 6160. Coming up, we'll talk more about the great big convoy, and we'll talk about 30 state troopers who got fired for cheating all at the same time. This is Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. 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 Free Talk. Free. free. It free doesn't. Talk yeah, live. it's it's free for you to listen okay, over the radio. It's free to listen over the internet over at freetalklive.com. It's free to watch as long as you have an internet connection over at video.freetalklive.com. And we won't put you in jail for telling the truth. We are talking. And if you're listening right now, or generally every day between 7 and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, we're live. Seven nights a week. So, free talk live. We will allow you to remain free after you talk. (laughs) Yes. As long as you're alive. It's, it's, It's getting fewer and fewer people to do that, you know. Uh, we're raising funds for Give Directly. It's the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to people living in extreme poverty. They locate recipients in need and use mobile money to send them cash, no strings attached. In the past decade, they've delivered $400 million to over 1 million people. Research shows that giving cash to people living in poverty can help drive a range of important positive changes in their lives, like employment, nutrition, health, education, etc., and so on. In addition, cash allows individuals to invest what in what they need instead of relying on aid organizations and donors or governments who are thousands of miles away to choose what aid they need for them. Isn't this what you would prefer? It's what I would prefer. Free Talk Live is matching your donations to give directly, helping families in Bome and Kalifi counties in Kenya who are in need. Free Talk Live is matching your donation up to $30,000. So if you're feeling generous, head over to give.freetalklive.com and help these areas plagued by drought, floods, and food insecurity. There may not be a better way to help families in Kenya. That's give.freetalklive.com. And if you're planning on giving with cryptocurrency, I suggest you get over there immediately because you have to send an email to get that done, and there is only one day left of this thing. Very well. Uh, we did mention briefly the Breaker 1-9 for the rubber duck. Looks like we got ourselves a convoy uh, in the first segment, or perhaps the second segment. And we had uh, John from Delaware calling. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, thank you. have got uh, Aaron. Oh, Aaron, I apologize. John must have dropped off the line. What were you calling about today, Aaron? 
I was gonna. I was trying to call y'all earlier. I've called y'all before, uh, but anyway, I was calling about the uh, street justice uh, scenario. The kids in Texas, Texas and the stepfather. Go yeah, ahead. That's where I'm. That's where I'm from. What do you and, think? Uh, uh, I was. I was. Uh, let's just say I, I worked for a sheriff's office here years ago, and when they would bring people up there that had been accused of such crimes. Uh, and usually they were things like I can't even repeat, you know, over the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we weren't really too nice to them or wanted to be too nice to them. Usually we couldn't do what we wanted to do, you know, to people like that. Right. So most I would think most law enforcement probably doesn't get to do what they want to do in those situations. Were or are you uh, in law enforcement currently? No, no. Okay. Now this has been now this has been years ago when I was a younger man. And a little hot-headed, I guess. And before I'm just, I joined the military, but I'm just curious of like what what do you think a uh, a law enforcement officer would do in this situation? Well, you know, well, I mean, even 40 or 50 years ago, they would take people that were accused of abuse, you know, of any nature, really, out. I guess behind the woodshed, they would call it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this would be like churches or, you know, social groups. I don't know, maybe the modern Lions club or rotary club or Elks club or whatever, Mm -hmm. and probably take care of it themselves personally. And it wouldn't be anything, you know, somebody can start drawing racial conclusions. That's totally, you know, beside the point, but, uh, that would be just for people that were hurting kids or women. Basically they would take care of that, you know, and it would probably never happen again, or you know, the person would disappear. So, I mean, that's, right. I don't feel like these kids did anything necessarily wrong. Do you think a I mean, jury will? Do you think a jury will? You in know, just Texas, I think in Texas, I think they'll be pretty, pretty lenient on. I mean, they'll probably get some time, but it'll, it'll, they'll drop it down to like nothing. I would assume in this state. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be like couple years and then some probation and you know stuff like that yeah sounds to me like they've got to kind of prove their case there right like at this point they've got to show that this was in fact happening well the 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 going back and forth and and that's what i don't know what happened with the going back and hitting them a few times i guess maybe they got scared with what they were doing you know because they're they're put they're instilling fear in people now to to actually you know take justice into their own hands or it's like pretty well readily due to somebody with just modern globalist politics. You know, you're scared to do anything against somebody or say anything. So who knows what the reason these kids went back a couple of times before they finally drug him out to a field and, and dumped him. Yeah. So. Now you, you were saying this is how the sheriffs would treat people who were accused, but uh, hadn't had trial yet. Is that right? No, no, no. I'm just saying that would be the, you know, you would get somebody brought in where there was direct evidence of some horrible. I'm talking, I can't even say the stuff. I mean, right, you right. Know, it's it's stuff to base. Stomach thanks you. Yes, and it's you know, but anyway, they, you know, we would want to do something, but not now. Years ago, <laughs> you know, my dad's and them general because I grew up around people that were police officers and stuff, so. You know, they would, they would do stuff to people, you know, and I, it'd be roughing them up. They weren't, you know, taking them out and making them disappear or anything, but you know, they would, they'd probably beat people up pretty good. 
back in the day, but that, I'm sure that was common, you know, for a, for a lot of people in law enforcement with people that were just, you know, disrespectful in general. Assuming this story is true and you were 18, you found yourself in their position, you were 18 and your nine-year-old sister was the uh, the victim here, would you take the same action as these teens? Now, this is the reason I called in. Uh, my I have some immediate family that, that something happened to, and it was uh, it was actually some other kids that were being molested by somebody that were, were adults, and they did something to them. And I didn't find out about it till later. And uh, back when I was younger, as a teenager, you know, growing up, we had I had guns, and th- you know, I was taught how to do things with guns. That like I had guns by the time I was ten. You know, sure, yeah. I had my own firearms or whatever I wanted, so nobody bothered me because they knew I was a responsible kid, basically. But I found out about this later, and I was glad I did. And my parents knew, you know, they basically knew, if, like they had told me what happened to my, to my, I won't say, that I would have went and done something about it. Yeah. And not and not felt bad about it at all, you know. I yeah, mean, yeah. But, I but you didn't do that. Up. And and you let, uh, no. assumably, you let the uh, situation play out. Did the we, system... We actually... We actually moved out of state. Like we moved from across the country to another state, and okay. I was still, you know, I was like 15 years old at this time. So this was this had happened three or four years before. So, so, so was was it y'all moving? I had no way to get. Yeah, I had no way to get back there. Okay, you know? so was it y'all so moving we that that remedied the situation rather than the system? Yes. Okay. It was probably us moving away from the area. All right. Hey, know? Aaron. Uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate it, man. It's a interesting perspective. And we like to get different perspectives here on Free Talk Live. Uh, moving right along, let's go to Bad Slave. Bad Slave is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Thank you for taking my call. I um, just wanted to say that, uh, you know, we do we do have a systemic issue going on here where uh, the actual prosecutions and charging and lawmaking the whole smear of it is, uh, it, you know, produces, uh, you know, the farthest thing from justice. Yep. And, uh, and uh, you know, I don't think, you know, we'll have an argument there. You know, but nobody seems to talk about the fact that lawmakers pass all these laws and they don't even assign a proper... You know, harm party. uh... Hey, Bad Slave, do you want to hold on? Sure, yeah. Stand by. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. If you'd like to join us, take control of the airwaves. Opine on anything we've been talking about. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Lord Reverend Doctor, and possibly soon-to-be Ambassador Captain Kickass. And Peakless Mountaineer. We've been talking about an article from... 
KSAT.com, which is, uh, I think, a Texas news outlet. It says, Texas brothers beat stepfather to death for sexually abusing their nine-year-old sister. And, you know, where do you stand as a person, as a human being on planet Earth, with regards to the justice system handling something like this? Or what could possibly be seen as street justice? You know, uh, depending, you know, on your upbringing or your personal philosophies, where do you stand? And so let's bring Bad Slave back on the line because, well, we sort of ran out of time there going to the break. But Bad Slave, you're back on with us. Thank you very much. I, uh, you know, I, they, they pretend to write laws and then, uh, and then of course, everybody uh, goes up and testifies to the, the veracity of these laws. And a lot of times it's a police officer given special attention in these testimonies and uh and uh you know and a bunch of i'm sorry uh uh sad sjws are uh are deciding for us if if those laws are good you know they don't they don't tend to you know hearken back to a you know this is in order to produce liberty Yes. You know, to 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 interfere with the, uh, the uh, with rights being. Uh, so uh, are, are you talking uh, about like uh, the, the jury system and uh, uh, the jury nullification well, I, that's possible? I, well, the jury system is is obviously part of it. But but no, at this point in time, I'm talking about lawmaking. I'm talking about the, the legislature. I'm talking about hearings, uh, you know that uh, you know that we I've been to, uh, you know people aren't around for these things. the 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 problem is is that they're they're writing laws that that uh, out of the gate shouldn't even have been considered. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, they they certainly are writing laws that should never be considered. They're making laws for the few instead of the many. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Bad Slave. And there, there is a huge incentive on their part to make as many laws as they can. Because every, yes. every time you create a law, you create a business, and they get paid to create business for, for their contributors. And notice that there isn't, within this system, this government, if you will, this organization of violence, that there isn't a mechanism to remove laws. Yeah, that has always stuck in my craw. Even uh, I mean since since my teenage years, it has always bothered me that there isn't something that's like okay, every x amount of years or whatever it is, we have to at least take a look at this and either vote it back in yeah. or not. And if we don't vote it back in, it goes away. Yeah, even the best software systems have some sort of a purge function to get rid of like temporary files and stuff that they no longer need in the functioning of whatever it is that it's doing in the newest version, et cetera, and so on. And Which I only... think that gives the game away. This isn't designed to function uh, oh, as we're call as we're you know taught that this is designed to function. What? This isn't, this isn't here to give us justice. And as you're fond of pointing out, if you want to see what a system's designed for, see what it's doing, and then check and see if that's what it was designed to do. Right. Right. Because you can always measure a system's efficiency by its output, 
What does it accomplish? What is its output? And if its output is murder, injustice, theft, then you can only go back and look at the designers and go, hey, uh, WTF. And you may even arrive at the conclusion that the designers knew exactly what they were doing. And in fact, this is what the system was designed for. And this system is exceptionally reliable on giving us exactly those things. Uh, let's move right along. Let's go to Stephen in Washington. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. So uh, I just wanted to throw this out there first, but the cop that told Jay Inslee to kiss his butt when he signed off for the Zantivax yeah. uh, thing, yeah, he apparently just died from COVID. I think that's BS, and I think he was taken out, but that's beside the point. I also say that I think it's funny that Neil Young thought that Spotify was going to cancel a $100 million contract for his music. <laughs> for Joe Rogan, yeah. I, I do want to say, yeah. I haven't, the, other hosts have covered the, the Neil Young thing. I just want to say, Neil Young, you can kiss my ass. <laughs> exactly. I but think it is double funny that with- he... Well, hang on, Stephen. Go ahead, Peakless. I, I just think it is double funny that he actually doesn't have the rights to those songs anymore, <laughs> but Spotify went ahead and took them off anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It, apparently, his company, his parent company, Warner Brothers, wanted it removed because of him or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But so with all of her misgivings and all the crap that she's messed up, what is your thoughts on Kamala Harris being nominated for the Supreme Court justice position? Oh, that actually happened. Oh, I didn't know that it was. Uh, I heard people yeah. talking about that, but I, I, I. No, no, no. I don't know if it's happened yet or not. I'm just saying, what if it does? Oh. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think the burrito Supreme Court should be abolished, uh, along with the rest of yeah. government. But it, within the context of what you're asking, uh, I, I don't know. I mean. Is it really going to matter? Even more of a crap show? <sighs> Probably. I mean, my guess is things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. We, we see that time and time again. We've already been talking tonight about the largesse of the number of laws that are created and how there's no mechanism to remove any of them. And th- what's really interesting about history is that if you look at previous empires, you'll notice that the 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 closer it is to the end of the empire to where everything falls apart or they you know take some extreme action like declare a war that they can never win uh you get the craziest laws and i think we're coming up on that because we certainly have the most laws that have ever been in existence and thanks for the call tonight Stephen. yeah I- I still think that they're uh, saving her up for the uh, decade of rulership, but that may or may not include being a, uh, a justice of the of the Supreme Court at the same time. Yeah, I, it's been done before. I just have a problem with a bunch of people wearing like black robes. Well, and I mean, the, this court was you. never supposed to have this power. I mean, there's nothing in the Constitution saying that this particular group that gets to decide what is and isn't constitutional. They just kind of decided, yeah, that's what we do, and people have gone along with it since. Yeah, it's pageantry, it's, you know, hocus-pocus, abracadabra, all la peanut butter sandwiches. And man, are they bad at their job. I mean, watching this whole OSHA decision, I mean, they more or less came to the right decision, but the way they got there, wow, you are uninformed. More Free Talk Live is on the way.
So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about, but it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand it's about demonstrating to the entire country that, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com. It's Free Talk Live. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y, night. That's right. I'm speaking the lyrics to the Bay City Rollers. <laughs> that Convoy song has me in, like, the 1970s for some reason, and that's where the Bay City Rollers, they were a, a Have you spoken group. that out? What? We got a great big convoy. Oh, well, I've been doing the Breaker 1-9 for the Rubber Duck. Looks like we got ourselves a convoy. Ain't she a beautiful sight? Uh, convoy. I oh, actually, you ruined it. I actually had, I had the song queued up, and I was attempting to get it so I could like every time it came up during the program, I could just hit play on the thing. But I, there's something wrong with the, the way to get that sound over the air right now, or at least something that I can't figure out. It's probably something simple that I'm overlooking, but whatever. I, I My desire was to have it queued up, so anytime anybody mentioned I could just be like, Convoy, right? You know, soundboard style, but yeah. So uh, it, we're pointing out what a horrible host I am as far as my <laughs> technical prowess goes. But we have been talking about uh, both the Convoy as well as this article about these two 18-year-olds in Texas who beat their stepfather to death allegedly for uh, sexually abusing their nine-year-old sister. And I mean, it's some I pretty it's heavy interesting stuff, that man. Instead of, instead of having a system where we could have had the trial about whether he did this, now we have to have a trial about whether he did this to see what the punishment for these kids is going to be. Yeah. Uh, so we do have a telephone number. It's 603 283 Six one six zero, and I've got plenty of calls on hold, so let's do that because, well, it's called Free Talk Live for a reason. Let's go to Jet in Florida. Jet, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I thought I'd uh, call again and add a couple points to my, or planks to my um, bogus nature of human authority. But but first I'd like to kind of cap off the bad slaves uh, thing about legality. I mean, if if you were being paid $20,000 a month to make rules, what would you do? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Congress here. Well, each each one of them are paid like twenty grand a month to make rules. Anyway, well, well, yeah, that's that's yeah. that's not what they get paid. Also, that's not really what they do. Other yeah, people, other well, people no, no, write no, no. them if for you them. Are, if you are in Congress, <laughs> here's how it actually works: you do favors for powerful corporations. Then, okay, that's usually true. after you're done being a congressman, you get. Speaking fees and book deals and all of these okay. other oh gee where did this or enormous amount of money come perhaps from? even hired by said company oh yeah and okay. all of your family members oh gee where did Hunter Biden get all those skills in running an energy okay. company okay <laughs> we got it <laughs> that's that's true but uh, I'd like to keep on the bogus nature of human authority if you don't mind the uh, uh, but I would like to say something about, about biblically in the old covenant, it was up into the uh, nearest of kin to exact or to mete out the punishment mm. of something that somebody did wrong. I mean, it was not by proxy by, you know, by anybody else. But anyway, getting back to <clears throat> the the bogus nature of human authority, um, before I've mentioned things like it's a fiction, it's all psychology, it's a fantasy of the mind, it's all in our heads. Um I've talked about, you know, the countries and states and uh, counties being uh, organized using a lot of straight lines mm-hmm. and things. Well, there's something also that's really interesting about that, that these invisible lines that are laid down, if you go across this line, let's say between Colorado and Wyoming, um, there will be a sign that says you are now entering Colorado or Wyoming, but you won't be able to dis- discern any difference between <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the environment. I'm on or the... one side. I'm on the other side. No, I, I had this happen. I, I took yeah. some. I did a road trip uh, this mm, late fall, early fall, I guess, and yeah, there was no difference except for uh, I was using a a map system on my phone, and so when when that would happen, it would be. Welcome to, and then insert state here, and then of course I'd look up and there'd be the large sign that says, you're now entering blah, whatever state, you know, line I was crossing. But here's the bogus nature. Here's, here's the bogus nature of crossing that invisible line, is that they have different laws. Mm-hmm. You're, um, they have different flags, different colors, insignias, policies, titles to different things, and their laws are different. I mean, you lived up in Washington. I did. You know, I'm, I'm from Idaho. You cross that invisible line. You're going to jail if you're going from Washington to Idaho and carrying some cannabis. Mm-hmm. But um, so there are dozens of examples like that, that these invisible lines were. What gets me is they were assigned by people who were like way dead. Why do we even pay attention to them? That's the question. Yeah. Well, and uh, like I like what you're talking about. I just want to point out to our listeners that there are two definitions of authority one of them is you know the officials right the the state the elected people the police right uh, that type of authority but then there's coercive authority coercive authority and then there's also expertise authority that is to say if i want to become a really good audio engineer which i'm obviously not based on my inability to get sound to the board from my browser uh I would find somebody who's really good at that 
and a I would consider them competence, if you will, a demonstrated competence, and I would look to them as an authority, an expert on that subject, a mentor, if okay. you will, to you know. So, so there are two definitions of authority. And I just want to make sure that folks are aware of this, because sometimes when somebody says they're an authority, it doesn't mean that they're armed with a badge and that kind of a thing. It just means that they're an expert. Well, and there's and this is two very different kinds of things. So, like, um, I mean, sure, you can screw it up by being uh, I'm the authority on who gets to be a doctor and do that coercively versus uh, someone who's just actually good at, you know, keeping people healthy. But but there's no competence for I'm the authority of space and time who gets to draw lines and determine who which rules will be followed on which sides. What's your question, Jeff? My question is, does anyone abide by their great-great-great-grandfather's rules? Why do we pay attention to these things that strangers lay down? Hundreds I mean, of years ago, yeah. There was, there was a fellow, like, during the break, talking about how we should, we should follow the laws. And I go, when people say that to me, I go, uh, well, do I get to make the laws? <laughs> you know? Right. Because I don't particularly care for somebody else's ideas. How about well, that? It seems to me that this evolved out of uh, a legitimate form of authority that existed way back in the day when we had walled cities. So, like, if you want to be behind the protection of my wall, then I get to tell you what you have to do in exchange for that protection. And that's reasonable. I mean, that that was the one part of the, like, build the wall thing that actually made sense is like, well, at least then you've got some property claim to the thing of saying, hey, well, if you cross my fence, you here's what it requires to touch my fence. Yeah. And the um, what's what's interesting about that is these decisions that they make within the walls or within the lines and all that stuff, mm-hmm. they're based on some crazy idea and, and my mind has never been able to resolve this that somehow 51 out of 100 people can can have an opinion about something and somehow the other 49 opinion does not count yeah i'm I mean, with you on that i can't reconcile that at all because like let's just say 51 of those people decide that and agree that they want to do option a fine go ahead and do option a they have no Rights, they have no authority to tell the other 49 that they also must do option A. Yeah, it's either, to me, something is either right or wrong, no matter the year or the location. In other words, God's creation as nature should never have been made illegal or anything like that. I mean, it's just, these people are nuts, they're psychotic, so I just avoid them as much as possible, and I think everyone should. Thanks here, here. for the call, Jet. We appreciate it. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming your way. This is the Saturday Night Edition. Listen to Free Talk Live. That's my southern accent. My almost nearly a foghorn leghorn type of accent. Now, I'll say, I'll say. I'll say, I'll say, it must be Free Talk Live. (laughs) 603-283-6160 is the telephone number here at Free Talk Live if you'd like to join us. We've got some calls that we'll get to in a bit. Uh, in the studio, it's myself, the captain. And Piglis Mountaineer. 
Uh, we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business and organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Now Intercoin has launched its investor token worldwide, and for the first time it's available on an exchange. You can create an account at xmarkets.com, that's exmarkets.com, with only an email address so you can keep your privacy intact. You can then deposit dozens of different cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, then buy ITR, that's the Intercoin Investor Token. Learn more about the Intercoin vision at intercoin.org, and now buy or sell ITR over at xmarkets.com, that's exmarkets.com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. Okay, so we were talking about authorities and how coercive authority is one thing, and I'm against coercive authority, right? This would be the state. This would be, uh, you know, anything that really resembles what is commonly referred to as government because they only have one way of doing things, and that's by uh, coercion. That's either with violence or the threat of violence uh, if you don't do what they say. So I consulted the other kind of authority during during the break that we just had, uh, which would be an expert uh, in a specific field. We got ourselves a convoy. A great big convoy? A great big convoy. <laughs> Come on and join our convoy. So, yeah, so... That's the good kind of authority, right? When you can go and consult somebody that's an expert in in their field or in, in their particular thing, their item of specialty, mm. their item of expertise, and you go, wow, hey, that's the good kind of authority. And, yeah, and, and that's where you can demonstrate that you have the authority because you can prove, hey, I know how to do this. Yes. Like you consulted someone who knew how to do that. Whereas the the idea that there's some that there's some authority on space <laughs> is just absurd. <laughs> well, there would be uh, you know this phrase gets thrown around in intellectual circles, the foremost authority, mm-hmm. right? So there's probably a guy who's more knowledgeable about space than most of the other humans on planet Earth. There's probably a handful, let's say, of these people, right? One of them you could say is the foremost authority. If you put them all in the room and they all decided, well, okay, Jan is a little smarter than everybody else, right? Jan might be considered the foremost authority on space. But by no means is any human being an actual authority on space. Right. Right. Like, with regards to, like, I just know everything. No, they don't. They and my knowledge leads me to believe that this rule must operate in this part of space, but this rule will operate in this part of space. Yeah. Yeah. No. What's weird is like it. It. It really got me thinking how the same con game that was applied to money ended up being applied to protection, where like it just became further and further divorced from reality. Yeah. Because that, like, yeah, there was a time where. You were, you know, at risk of being, you know, marauded. So they put you behind a, a wall in a city where they actually had to put a brick on top of another brick. And that is what kept you from getting robbed. And now you're at more of a risk from being marauded by the system, state actors, that is the police, 
road piracy. They pull you over, give you a ticket for some arbitrary. Oh, your windows are too tinted, or you don't have enough clearance on your four-wheel drive, or too much clearance on your, you know, all these minor things. Oh, your taillight's out here. Here's a ticket, right? This is road piracy. They're extracting income from you, right? So you're getting marauded by the system itself. You're more likely to do so. Uh, let's go to Delaware, where we have John calling. John, you're on Free Talk Live. <laughs> the first yeehaw of the evening. What's on your mind, John? Man, that's the problem. These people, they all think these truck drivers are a bunch of yeehaw, you-hoo idiots, man, but they're not. They're some of the most informed people on the road today, my friend, and they communicate and they travel and they're, they're boycotting against these losers, these communists that have taken over and want everybody to take their vaccine that kills people, man. And they're insane. These people think we're so dumb that we're going to take their vaccine and kill ourselves. You know people are dying, right? Oh, yeah. How, how do you get COVID? How do you spread COVID from inside the cab of a truck, sir? <laughs> well. Can you answer me that question, my friend? I cannot. Uh, you know with the power of imagination. This is ridiculous. These people are anti-science. They're a bunch of projectionists. Everything that they do, they say that we're doing. They're doing it the whole entire time. They're a bunch of psychopaths. They have taken over, and we need to do something to knock these people off their pedestals before it's too late. All right, they're so for your yes, we do, too, man. So that's going to start up again. You better believe that, buddy. So let me ask you, John. Uh, all these truckers are having their convoy. They're headed to Ottawa. They're going to show up in Ottawa. And and then what? It just draws attention to their point, man. The point is, we don't want your vaccine. We know it's poison. How else can we, we do anything? They don't let you get on the mainstream news channels and voice your opinion. They don't want you to say what you, what you want to say and speak your mind anymore online either and on the Internet. They're going to start shutting and suppressing that. You better believe it, man. You guys are lucky you're still on the radio. <laughs> Amen to that. Hey, thanks for the well, call, John. It, it is a bit more than luck, but... Uh, I, and part of the answer of, and then what? And then no one delivers your package. Well, right. I get that. So this is what I'm curious to see. Because most of the time a protest is just, I don't know, like, you know, it's like a peacock raising its feathers, right? It's a lot of show, but no effect. Mm-hmm. Something like this now we're we're already having supply problems. So, well, and I mean personally, I'm skeptical of even the effects of a successful protest. Like a successful protest is where we meet with these horrible monsters and talk to them about how their policy should change. Well, like, right, that's the successful protest. Right, and and like with protests that happen, we see them regularly. We talk about them here on Free Talk Live on a frequent basis. We'll attend them from time to time depending on whoever's hosting and that kind of a thing. Uh, rarely does it, it accomplish really anything other than, you know, some networking, meeting some people who might be of the same thought as you on this particular issue and that kind of a thing. But it rarely results in actual change. Mm. And so I'm curious. We have what is reported to be the largest convoy in history. That's something. Okay. Now, if they... And they've raised uh, seven, eight million dollars. They're they're about to pay for like the fuel and you know food and to keep everybody going who's part of organizing this thing. Um, if their goal is to just go on strike and not move anything until all of the mandates are abolished, 
then I wish they'd say that specifically. And if they have, please call 603-283-6160 because I haven't found anything that says that is specifically what they are going to do. I've seen things that allude to that, but I haven't seen anything that says that, in fact, is what they're going to do. I want to know how we know when when it's over, when they've made the impact that they intended to make, when the change has been made, because obviously they intend to make a change. They're anti-vaccine mandates. That's what this whole convoy has been about, at least according to everything I've read and everything I've seen come across my news feeds. Uh, And so... What is the end game here? How do you know when it's over? Well, I'm kind of ambivalent on this one. Because on the one hand, you're basically advocating a centralized solution here. Like you're saying, okay, well, they need to get together in an organization. And that organization needs to have a spokesman. And that spokesman needs to say, we are going to refuse to make these deliveries until X, Y, and Z. You know, the the mandates are lifted and we're allowed to have human faces. And we don't have to pay extra taxes for not having a jab or, or whatever it is. And, you know, it might actually be a good thing that we don't know exactly what they're going to do. Like, some of them are just going to quit being truckers and retire early because of this stuff. Some of them are going to, you know, do exactly this. And who knows? Some of them might make it very unpleasant to live in Ottawa. I, uh, I wish that but it is. It does strike me as a really unevolved form of making the changes you want to see. Yeah. 603-283-6160. What is the desired outcome? of the convoy. What changes need to be made in order for them to resume their regularly scheduled activities? This is Free Talk Live. Hour number three is next. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there. ForkFest.Party. Free Talk Live. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Free Talk Live. We're a live radio program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about, well, whatever's on your mind. Uh, We're talking about all sorts of stuff, and you can opine on that, so you can talk about anything else. If you don't like what we're talking about, bring up something else. It's all up to you. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. And Peakless Mountaineer. So, well, we've been talking about the truckers. 
We've been talking about the convoy. And let's be clear, this trucker thing is a protest against the mandates. New Mexico on I-40 like a Texas lizard on glass. A Texas lizard on glass. Oh, that's right. They had the, the when they talk about the cops, they talk, they call them bears. I I have actually it? never heard the song. I have only heard the the chorus. Oh well, what do we say? A Texas lizard on glass? Is that? I have n- yeah. I I can't be afraid. We trucked all day and we trucked all night. Big Benny improving our style. We could tell by the smell we was heading for hell, and the devil was dirty lie. Oh, well, there are truckers going across the USA into Canada to join this convoy. Mm. So, yes, this song totally doesn't apply to <laughs> the Canadian convoy, it, lyrically, <laughs> at least from the lyrics we've just heard here. Now, I wonder if the if the lizard there referenced was a lot lizard. Uh, that is a good question. I was mentioning uh, the bear in the air. That's a helicopter cop. Huh. Right, a policeman in a helicopter. Bear in the air. So they, yeah. Don't know that yeah. phrase. Uh, so let's go to Sam in Ohio. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on, like, could the trucker strike in Canada cause, like, problems in the United States with the supply chain because of, like, Certain components for things. Oh, you you bet your babushka. Mm -hmm. Now the question is specifically. Well, specifically, one thing I'm thinking of is like food type stuff. Even. Mm -hmm. Definitely could. What I wonder is: is this going to cause more of a disruption than what they're mandating anyway? Uh, As far as like, uh, uh, if you cross the international border and you haven't been jabbed, you have to be quarantined for two weeks. Um, I mean, the, the, the supply chain disruption that we've already had from the lockdowns. Well, and the further supply chain disruption, uh, we did a story specifically about California and all of the uh, ships that are carrying cargo, mm-hmm. you know, sort of out at sea. And it's not just off the West Coast. It's off the coast of uh, the east of the United States as well, which I'm sure is affecting Canada as well. Uh, this was all as a result of the lockdowns, of vaccine mandates, uh, you know, government interference and their reaction to, to the COVID thing, instead of just letting these businesses handle it by themselves. So it's a good question, Peakless Mountaineer, uh, as to whether or not, you know, it's going to have more of an effect. I suspect that if, say, the Canadian government sort of backs down, is like, okay, fine, uh, no more mandates. I suspect that we'll see more of this type of protest. But I don't know, Sam. But but do you? Well, I don't know either. But I'm almost wondering if like they're not even going to stand all the way through it because of the fact of like potential starvation or something. Like I'm thinking, like. I saw a teacher's strike years ago now, mm-hmm. and it was literally not even over food. It was just over pay, and they couldn't even sit out for two weeks. Yeah. So how are these people going to convince the population of Ottawa, you're saying, or the whole country of Canada, or maybe even the United States because of their impact, 
staying striking when people are starving because of what they're doing. Yeah, that is a good question. And it's probably going to take some sort of extreme action to get governments to reconsider their position. Now, the good news is that people, generally speaking in these situations, are are charitable and willing to help other people out. I know that as an organized strike, they went ahead and raised money in advance to pay for some of the expenses and that kind of a thing. But you're right. If it gets to a point where it doesn't matter how much money you have, you can't buy what you need because, well, nothing's being delivered, then what? I, I don't have an answer for you, Sam. And that's what I'm wondering if, like, then what will happen is, like, you'll see civil unrest to the point of where, like, the government will be under coercion, like you were talking about earlier, like saying you have to get in your trucks or you're going to jail because people are starving. Yeah, I think I, I think that is a very real possibility that this will that this will give the government the excuse to fundamentally enslave people who refuse to get injected. Yeah, it's a it's a sad, sad reality. Thanks for the and, call, Sam. And it does offer a really convenient cover for the fact that the fact that they printed off so much money is a big part of why there are a lot of supply shortages. Yeah, uh, the last time Mark Edge was here in studio, we talked about how uh, around 50% of the United States money, the USD, had been created, printed out of thin air in the last two years. I have another article uh, where they source that it's closer to 80% than it is to 50%. 80% of the United States dollars have been created in the last couple of years. Wow. And that is insane. You know, it matches a lot of the information I've been looking up. I mean, like, I, I've, I've been doing some digging. Like, I, I looked into, like, uh, what in the heck is on the uh, the, the Fed's, uh, uh, like, what stuff it owns in order to keep everything afloat. And, yeah. like, oh, my God. It is. Just, like, we never recovered from 2008. Oh, no. Not like, at all. Like, I thought we did. No. I was mistaken completely. <laughs> And, and it, it's a really simple thought experiment. Like, okay, government prints off a bunch of money. Now, some people get that money first. Yes. What are they going to do with it? They're going to buy stuff with it. Right. So those prices haven't gotten a chance to go up yet. Right. All those people have acquired those real goods and services, and that slowly goes into the economy. Eventually, the, the price signal shows up where, oh, I got to raise the prices of goods and services because there's a way bigger amount of money. There are shortages now. Yep. I've got to bring up the prices just to keep ahead of these shortages. And, you know, heaven forbid you want to have your uh, your wages increased. Yeah. Well, and Sam, uh, the caller who is no longer on the line, uh, he brings up a good point, uh, maybe even inadvertently that it might be a good time for you, the listener to this program, revisit your disaster preparedness plans because something like, oh, I don't know, a North American trucker strike? Imagine Canada, U.S., and Mexico, all the truckers, just they're not going to move. Just imagine that for a minute. What that does to your food supply, your medical supply. Right? Are you on any drugs? Are you taking? Are you being treated for anything right now? Do you have food in your basement or your garage or your, you know, your property up north or whatever it is? 
you know, are you prepared to weather a storm? It, it, not just a regular storm, but I know in uh, the Washington area, um, I used to do earthquake preparedness. Mm. Right? Now, this doubles also as, you know, any kind of disaster yeah, preparedness. Earthquake, Y2K, what have you. Right. Tornadoes, whatever. Yeah. Right. It's a good time for you to revisit your plan and make sure that you have what you need to weather a storm in case something like that comes to fruition. And if you do have something to weather a short storm, you might want to look into, like, what if there is a long-term problem? What if the stores just never get anything back on the shelves? Like, do you know a, do you know a pig farmer somewhere where you can, you know, get a ready source of food if you have to do that? Are you ready to garden? Are you ready to garden? Can you do that? 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. We'll talk about 30 police officers who got fired all at the same time. The mountain has no peak. What will you do? Keep climbing. 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. And Peakless Mountaineer. We'll get back to your calls in just a minute. I need to tell you that Free Talk Live's video archives have been on library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol. And we're very big fans of that here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over one million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app over at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help to seed and keep it online forever. Visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. All right. I've teased this a couple of times, and I want to make sure we're in the third hour here, almost at the at the bottom, at the halfway mark of the third hour. I want to make sure we get to this. Uh, this is coming from the freethoughtproject.com. Not one, not two, but 30 state troopers fired for cheating on an exam to become cops. We've been talking a little bit about authority here. Uh, I always like to point out that coercive authority generally attracts those who are least scrupulous. Well, or at least, uh, you know, folks who might lean unethically uh, or perhaps act immorally. The system itself almost doesn't allow even the most noble of person to join it and act morally and ethically. That is definitely a fact. I mean, it is the one place where you can reliably forever get away with crimes. So dozens of cops in Georgia are tarnishing the badge 
once more after they were all fired this week, according to reports. 30 troopers with the Georgia State Patrol are now unemployed because they were found to have cheated on the test to become cops. Hardly an isolated incident. Colonel Mark McDonough, commissioner of the Department of Public Safety and head of the Georgia State Police, said the entire class of students with the 106th Trooper School is no longer after they cheated during an online test for speed detection in October of 2019. Let that sink in. The entire class conspired to cheat on exams to become cops. Every single one of them was okay with fraudulently achieving their police status through conspiracy and cheating. Well, shouldn't they really applaud their teamwork and their, you know, I mean, it it worked, sort of. I mean, here's here's what I think. I think they set their sights too low. They should have been aiming at the CIA. (laughs) Yeah, I, I guess. I, it just or not low enough, I suppose, would be a far more accurate way of phrasing it. It just like here's people that society, quote unquote, goes along with the the narrative of you know cops are good people. Oh, it's just the bad apples that ruin it for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but time after time, day after day, week after week, I see so. It's very few of these stories that actually bring. For show prep, uh, it's the ones that are e- 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 most egregious, right? 30 cops, 30 of them all cheated. Every one of them. Yeah. For the privilege of wearing the badge and carrying a gun. Now, what else do you think that they are going to do? What other sorts of immorality and unethical behavior do you think they would engage in once they were given the gun and the badge? Well, it's tough to imagine them being more immoral than the baseline for a cop. Is I mean, it? like, well, so here's one of the things about that. The reason that people follow the regulations of all of these victimless crimes is because they are afraid of being punished by these uniformed men with badges and guns. Mm-hmm. So at any time, and a, a literally countless set of laws can be uh, at random enforced on you. Well, luckily for us, Peakless, we don't have to imagine cops being more immoral than cheating on the test to become a cop. We could just look to further news. Lucky us. How about this headline? Cops using civil asset forfeiture to organize armored car heists, robbing innocent people of over a million dollars. That is just astonishing. Some of our regular listeners might be familiar with civil forfeiture, civil asset forfeiture, uh, with regards to law enforcement. Generally, uh, an organization like the DEA, for example, will you know somehow bust somebody, and when they're doing it, uh, if there's a bunch of cash to be found, either in a house or in a car or something like that, they will take the cash. And then it goes through some sort of a review process, and if the government finds that it's a legitimate bust, uh, the the government, the feds keep 20%, and the department that performed the bust keeps 80% of whatever was found. Wow. So now we have several law enforcement agencies in the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department 
are now subject of a federal lawsuit after they were caught pulling over vehicles from an armored car company and robbing them of their cash. The stops were completely baseless as no crime had been committed and the cash inside the armored cars was from legal businesses, essentially making it literal highway robbery. We here on Free Talk Live refer to, you know, the speed traps. The cops are looking, we refer to them as road pirates because they're, they're there to generate revenue. They're not there to enforce any laws, make anybody safer. They're there to generate revenue. This is taking that to an extreme. This is extreme road piracy by the state. So two things immediately crop up in my mind. Number one, it just kind of goes to show that even if you pay your taxes as a pot dealer, you know, from a dispensary, mm-hmm. you're still not safe. And, uh, and and number two, I wonder if they might be stepping on the toes of a much bigger gang. Because I know for a fact that banks will use armored cars to transport large sums of money. I have seen the Wells Fargo trucks myself. Indeed. So, I, I mean, are they careful in picking their targets so that they don't upset a bigger gang than them? According to the lawsuit, in Imperial Logistics, it's misspelled E-M-P-Y-R-E-A-L, Imperial Logistics, an armored car and fintech company that operates nationwide, is demanding a stop to the seizures as they have no basis under state or federal law and violate Imperial's constitutional rights. They are being represented by the Institute for Justice. This is nothing but highway robbery using badges, said uh, the senior attorney, Dan Albin. Imperial is transporting proceeds from legal businesses to financial institutions. These seizures don't stop crime or improve public safety. We can talk more about this coming up on Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. The new fourth edition of Healing Our World, The Compassion of Libertarianism, will take your understanding of liberty to a deeper level and has over 1,300 updated references, new cartoons, and a forward by Dr. Ron Paul. With discounts for multiple book purchases, the fourth edition of Healing Our World is a great gift for the liberals, pragmatists, environmentalists, and Christians in your life who think libertarianism is cold-hearted. Get yours today at healing.freetalklive.com and use promo code FTL for a $5 discount. It's Free Talk Live. We are Free Talk Live. You are Free Talk Live. Wouldn't you like to be Free Talk Live, too? Riffing on a Dr. Pepper ad that's stuck in my head for some reason. 603-283-6160 is the phone number. We've got some calls on hold. We'll get to those momentarily. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me. Peakless Mountaineer. Uh, before we do anything, I need to say thank you to Dan. Let's see, how do I pronounce this last name? Krofsig. Dan Krofsig. He's a gold level amplifier. What is that? Well,. You can find out more over at amps.freetalklive.com. Dan gives, I believe, 20, 20 bucks to help get this show on to more radio stations and promote this show so that we can get more listeners. So if you enjoy the hosts, if you enjoy the content, 
if you enjoy the fact that you can call in and speak your mind in this day and age over nationally syndicated radio, some satellites, and over the Internet, please head over to amps.freetalklive.com and consider becoming an amplifier. We're currently on around 180, maybe 200 radio stations. We could be on 250. We could be on 300, even more. It's all up to you. Visit amps.freetalklive.com. Thanks again to Dan Krafzig for your contribution. We appreciate you. All right. So we had talked about 30 state troopers, an entire class, who all, every one of them, cheated on their exam to become a cop. And there was no choice but to fire them all. See, working together, synchronistically, to cheat? I mean, what could be more government? Yeah. Then, because somebody said, oh, you know, uh, do we have to imagine it being worse? No, we don't have to imagine, because why? Here's a story about cops using civil asset forfeiture to organize armored car heists. Yeah, my favorite thing about the civil asset forfeiture thing is that they charge the money with a crime. I mean, that is just spectacular, mind-bending levels of of twisting justice to your own purpose. They were caught pulling over vehicles from an armored car company and robbing them of their cash. Uh, Imperial is the name of the company uh, that is suing. These seizures don't stop crime or improve public safety. They just enrich these agencies, which get to split the proceeds from civil forfeiture. That's true. These funds are only being seized because of that profit incentive, and that's not remotely legal or constitutional. According to IJ, that's the original reporter of the story, on five separate occasions since May 2021, local law enforcement officers stopped Imperial vehicles on highways. During three of these stops, officers seized the bank deposits the vehicles were transporting. Sheriff's offices in California and Kansas then transferred the funds to federal law enforcement to take advantage of lax federal civil forfeiture practices. If successfully forfeited, up to 80% of the proceeds taken through this federal equitable sharing program would then return to local law enforcement to spend as it pleases. So they are just not even pretending to be the good guys anymore. Civil forfeiture allows law enforcement to take property without convicting and often without even charging anyone with a crime. No federal or state criminal charges have been filed against Imperial, its employees, or its clients. Unlike in a criminal proceeding, prosecutors do not need to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt to keep this property forever. So, I mean, are are we just going to go full Western villain on this? I mean, are we going to start including the civil asset forfeiture of uh, people riding trains? I mean, what are you thinking? According to the lawsuits, or lawsuit, in only a matter of weeks, these road pirates have hit the armored car company three times, stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some estimates are up into the millions of dollars in estimates Uh, because they can't simply take the cash for themselves these thieving road pirates have to go through a federal procedure via the u.s drug enforcement agency known as adoption if they steal this legal money in the name of the dea the dea will then adopt the money and then kick back 80 percent 
to the department through a program called Equitable Sharing. Wow. And we were just talking about uh, earlier in the program. Uh, how many laws are there? And Literally why, countless. And, and why is there no mechanism for laws to be deleted? Because they don't want them to be deleted because of things like this. And how many of the laws that are written are so crazy that they're unbelievable? How about this? Oh, charging inanimate objects with crimes? Yeah. That's pretty far off the deep end as far as I'm concerned. <sighs> the fact that you then get to keep the money that you are charging with a crime. And and again, there are literally countless crimes. So if you pick up a, a random book of law, turn to a random page and go... Yeah, I'm going to charge you with that. This literally creates an incentive for cops to steal money from innocent people. And as this incident illustrates, these cops have no problem chasing that incentive. This legalized robbery is extremely lucrative, as most of the low-hanging fruit cops rob do not have the means to hire an attorney to get back their stolen property. Luckily for Imperial... They have some means to fight back. And so, of course, you know, they've got attorneys. They're filing the lawsuit, uh, et cetera, and so on. I, I don't need to read the rest of this article because it it just seems like another version of the mask is completely slipping and they're not even putting up a, a pretense of 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 decorum of being the good guys of being anything other than outright criminals yeah civil forfeiture in and of itself should not exist period no it, it's a horrible horrible set of mm, we'll call them laws uh, but it's legitimized robbery uh, people have lost inanimate property. objects don't commit crimes yeah do, it, do i have to spell that out any clearer it used to when i first found out about uh, civil asset forfeiture was from uh uh it was that guy uh russo the movie producer guy mm -hmm. he did that film called uh freedom to fascism mm -hmm. and they mentioned civil asset forfeiture in that movie that movie was in that, that, from that, that movie was in like mm, the 80s or something it looked like it was out of the 70s but it was, I think it was in an oh, early Oh, yeah, 80s. that's right. That was where, uh, like, he actually goes through and, uh, he, oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the, uh, the um, uh, uh, he was the Daily Show host stand-in for uh, John Oliver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he did a whole uh, deep dive on this yeah. for all the good it did. Yeah, well. About it, how I will learn terrible Spanish to ask you if you have <laughs> a lot of money. When I first learned about it, it was all about taking actual real estate, like, you know, houses and that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, a government wanted to build a freeway through, you know, some sort of rural land and Bob's, you know, uh, that's not civil asset forfeiture. Um, that's eminent domain. Hmm. Yeah. Eminent domain is where, uh, yeah, uh, your prof, your property is getting in the way of progress. So we're going to pay you whatever we feel it's worth. I'll have to rewatch the movie. Yeah. But they do mention civil asset forfeiture in that movie. Hmm. Um, and perhaps they just expand into eminent domain. And that's what I'm thinking of. But at any rate, civil asset forfeiture and eminent domain are basically the same thing. Near as I can tell, they're just different methods of accomplishing that, which is taking somebody else's stuff for your own use and not giving them a choice in the matter. It's basically how it goes. So, but if, but if we have complicated ways of describing this, then it doesn't count as theft, right? 
So just imagine uh, you could fund your own job by pulling people over and taking cash out of their wallets. These guys are doing it on a grand scale by pulling over armored trucks filled with cash, taking all the cash, and keeping 80% of it for themselves. And 20% goes to the guys who go, yeah, this is cool. Seems like that business would expand. Yes, it is Free Talk Live, the final segment of this Saturday night edition. Boy, time sure flies when, well, you're talking about how horrible the world is. <laughs> and how it could stop being so horrible. It certainly could. Like, there are solutions out there. And, you know, all you need to do is have an open mind and look. Right? You can find out the answers to all the, quite a lot of people who first start thinking about you know, liberty and freedom and, you know, what is government and the nature of that and what does society look like without an organization of violence telling everybody what to do, you know, they have all sorts of reactions to that. And the answers hmm. to your questions already exist. It, it might just possibly include something like less asset forfeiture uh, enforcement and more, you know, raping little kids enforcement. Yeah. You know, and it also might look like, oh, competitive organizations, so that if one organization doesn't do the thing that you want them to do as well as you want them to do it, you can stop, you know, your contract with them and contract with another provider oh, for so, those services. So hire the one that protects your kids and fire the one that is essentially road pirates. Yes. Huh. Wouldn't that be what great? What an idea. Wouldn't that be great? Huh. I think it would be great. Uh, in the studio, it's myself, the captain. And Bigless Mountaineer. Let's go to James. James, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Awesome to be on the show. I've been a listener for quite a little bit here. Hey, thanks, man. What's on your mind? Talk, I want to talk a little bit about this next nomination for the Supreme Court. The Burrito Supreme Court. <laughs> so um, I, I, I really want to start out with how it would relate to a business, guys. Right? I don't care if the next Supreme Court um, judge is green, but the idea that I, my wife and I own a small business mm -hmm. and the idea that I could put an ad out there that says, I'm only going to hire a black woman for the job. Just, just doesn't seem right to me. It's you know, racist and I, sexist. I, I don't get it. I'm sorry. What's that? Racist and sexist. I, I, absolutely. Yeah. But, but why are the why are the laws okay? Well, for the, the government. Well, the thinking <laughs> goes like this: since white men have dominated all of space and time forever, now in order to reverse that, we need to put the racism and the sexism in the opposite direction. And let's not forget that it's only not okay when you do it; it's just fine when government does it. Mm -hmm. If you're on the on the voting side well sure. the only other question I, w I was curious of your opinion because i've heard both arguments now what do you think about camilla harris being able or not being able to do the tying vote 
I think Camel Toe Harris is a reprehensible person and should not be employed by an organization known as government at all. And in fact, uh, I would say the same thing about all of the Supreme Court justices and, well, all employees of the entity known as government. Well, Cop Mala, a known illegal enslaver of human beings, uh, is just the sort of terrible, terrible choice that that, that I expect them to pick for uh, whoever replaces this man. But I but do, do think, think that she's slated for something else. So, yeah. Do you all think that it's... I mean, there's a, a Constitution argument here, whether she can actually cast the dying vote. I mean... When it they comes, don't follow that yeah, thing. When, when it comes down to it, they're going to do whatever they want to do. So if they want her to be able to do so, they'll just wave the magic wand and make it so. I mean, remember, they don't follow any of, the, any of these rules. Like, if you forget a detail while they're questioning you in front of Congress, they will rake you over the coals. However, if you're saying something that is for their agenda, you can outright lie to them over and over again and never receive a slap on the wrist. Final thoughts? All right, you know, it, it, it's where we're stuck right now, and only only us Americans can fix it. Well, we got to quit giving them this power so that they have this unaccountable authority. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for the call, James. Uh, let's move right along. Let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yes. So, so the waitress is here. They're going to start uh, requesting that. Um, water, juice, or milk with children's meals. It's um, it's, it's going to ask uh, the parents. So they, believe it or not, New Mexico has the most obese children of any other state. Okay, wait, wait, yeah. hang on, hang on, Sarah. So if I go to a restaurant with my kid, I don't have one. This is a fictional story. I go to a restaurant with my kid, and uh, he orders the kid's burger. The waitress is going to say water, juice, or milk. Yeah, it's going to be recommended. So I, I, I'm kind of perplexed if it's just recommended. It's recommended. I mean, would you like water, milk, or juice with your children? And never offer the soda pop. No, they, the parents, what they say, I want a sugary soda pop. Shouldn't uh, this be a decision? Kid, you right. know? Shouldn't this be a decision, though, for either A, the kid, or B, the parent that they're with? Well, the kid don't know any better. The kids usually just get fed whatever parents order for them. Yes. They don't know any. They just want the sugary stuff because it tastes sweet. Sure. And if the parents are stupid, they're going to order that. But Okay, so they're asking, case, wait, wait. So they're asking people, they're asking waitresses to judge whether or not parents are stupid? Well, that, that, well, the, well the Diabetes Association of New Mexico have decided to do, the, do this uh, for our state. So it's going to be recommended. You know, could we recommend water, juice, or milk with the children's meal? Because the adults, if they're stupid, they want to get fat and diabetes. That's up to them. But okay, the okay. So, they want to protect them. So this won't be like a law or anything. It's not going to be enforced by anybody, per se. Well, you know what? That's the part. That's the particular. Um, that's the part of the. I'm not concerned. I mean, sure about is it? Is it a city law? where all of the waitresses are, are supposed to ask now, and what is going to be the enforcement. But the thing is, I do like the idea. Uh, just to think we got the most fattest kids in America here. 
um, that's pretty pathetic, you know, because the parents well, it, don't. It know is, but but the thing about being free is that you have to allow people to the the freedom to make bad decisions. You must allow that to happen. That's a particular component of freedom. Otherwise, you get into the argument of who decides what the fat kids will eat. And thanks for the call, Sarah. So just three very quick points on the subject. Yep. Uh, number one, they shouldn't uh, be forcing people to do this by law. Uh, number two, I don't think they're even if they even if this does go through that the uh, moving it to like juice is going to have the results that they're looking for. And number three, man, if they're going to make laws against things that are harmful, how about we start with corn syrup? Well, how about we start with, well, government? Like, I suggest, <laughs> well, good point. Good right? Point. Let's make laws against the most harmful organization on planet Earth. But I, I, I'm just saying corn syrup and sugar are killing more people than heroin. So. I wonder who's killing more, government or corn syrup? I'm guessing government. Mm. Government based yeah, on democide, D E M O C I D E. For those of you stat nerds out there, you want to figure out what I'm talking about? Democide. Go look that up. Let's go to Padrag. Padrag, you're on Free Talk Live. Padrag. Padrag going once. Padrag going twice. Let's go to. Hey, there's Padrag. Hey, I'm here. I've been yelling at you for a minute. You're on <laughs> Free Talk Live. What, what, what's going on, man? You're on. You're on Good. air. I want to. I want to. Okay, first I want to qualify myself. I'm a TDL driver. I'm also valedictorian in New Mexico class 139 DPS. That would be the public safety department. That would be police. Okay. So I wanted to say I was going to give a counter uh, counterpoint on the caller you had, Gene. It, the Constitution says we the people. And, and, uh, and, you know, the thing, right? It's, it, it, it's know, not the, the politicians. It's not we, the, we, the politicians that run it. So it's good for the government to be under control. The government has to be reined in. So when I see these, the truckers going up to Canada, that's a good thing. And you made a couple of points. One was preparedness. Yep. We know they're going up there to have their, their gig up there in, in Canada. Yep. So we need to just prepare it. They're going to be off the road. Everybody knows it, or as many people as you informed. You got 20 so seconds. What's the other out. point? Okay, my other point was uh, that the police do hold you hostage, and they are road pirates, and they pull a lot of truckers over. Hey, thanks for the call, Padraig. We are out of time, sadly. We're here seven nights a week between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. If you want to get your call on, call early. Be prepared. Thanks for listening, everybody, and peace. This has been Free Talk Live. The Free State Project has reached its goal of 20,000 liberty lovers who've pledged to move to New Hampshire and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Perhaps you're trying to figure out what part of New Hampshire should be your destination. If so, consider Keene. You'll find more than 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com. Keene is famous for its historic, publicity-generating activism, as well as being the liberty media capital of the world. It's home to freekeene.com, New Hampshire's destination for liberty activism, news, and opinion. For years, we've been compiling over 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com, where you'll learn about some of what's happening here and what makes Keene a great place to live. If you love liberty, you'll probably enjoy anywhere you end up in the Shire. 
But do your due diligence first. Please visit move.freekeen.com for the full list of over 150 reasons to move to Keen. That's move.freekeen.com.